Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. about why some people are rich and why some people are poor. And over the years, in my 60-something years of dealing with people, most people are poor because they're greedy. You know, when people say the rich are greedy, that is absolutely not true. You know, to be rich, in most cases, you have to be generous. Now, there's a difference between being greedy and corrupt. The U.S. government right now, the Fed, the Treasury, and Wall Street are corrupt. And that's why we have this economic crisis we're in. So that's Bernanke and Obama and Bush and all these guys. They're all corrupt. They're stealing money. It's called a kleptocracy. So they're stealing money. So they're rich because they're corrupt. So don't confuse corruption with greed and generosity. In most cases, for a person to be rich, they must be generous. So when I meet somebody, who goes, it's because they're greedy. They're something they're not doing. So that's as politically incorrect this program's about. So if you're poor and you don't want to hear how greedy you are, then tune out now because this program is about how to be a social entrepreneur, how to get rich by being a social capitalist, about being generous. You see, Steve Jobs and Apple is one of the richest, it is the richest company in the world today because they're generous. They've given people what they really want. I love my Apple iMac, iPad, and all that stuff. I love it. I love, I can't can't live without my iPhone. Steve Jobs is a very generous man. And most football stars or sports stars are rich because they give the fans what they want. You know, they get some entertainment and some relief, but they're generous people. When I meet a poor person, it's because there's something greedy about them. They may not know what it is yet, but when that person discovers why or how or when they're being greedy, then they can change their lives. So this program today is about being a social capitalist, somebody who gets rich by being generous. You know, like in the Rich Dad Company, we have a big, fat piggy bank, and it says, generous capitalist. And everybody in our company is encouraged, of course, We can't force them. But they're encouraged to make a small donation to the pig, the capitalist pig, every single week. Now, some do and some don't. You know what I mean? That's the way life is. But I have found if you're lacking money, it's because you're greedy in some aspect of your life. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, well, I I like this, how to get rich by being generous, because that's really what an entrepreneur ultimately does. Because the, Unless they're corrupt, of course. Right, right. But the, ultimately, the job of an entrepreneur is to solve problems. 
and if you can solve a problem and do some good you and it and it's a good and it's a good setup then you're going to do well today is part of our uh, rich dad advisor series which i really like because as we go into 2016 our advisors are here telling us what they see in the future what they see coming and uh, we have a couple of great guests today and dear friends, Josh and Lisa Lannan, who Rich Dad are advisors. Rich Dad Advisors, author of The Social Capitalists. And uh, they have quite a story to tell because they really are pure social capitalists. So I'd like to welcome Lisa and Josh to the they're, show. They're rich social capitalists. Now, rich. All you greedy, <laughs> greedy SOPs out there, you know, and you say, well, you know, they're, they're only rich because they're greedy. You know, you're probably the greedy one who's saying that. Because there are greedy people, there are corrupt people, and there are rich, generous people. So welcome to the program, Josh and Lisa. They're the author of the Rich Dad Advisor book, The Social Capitalist, and this is part of our 2016 program, because I predict the biggest financial catastrophe in the world coming in 2016. Actually, it's already started because the gap between the rich and everybody else is so wide today. And the, and the gap is caused because of greed, and it starts with George Bush, Obama, but it actually started with Reagan and all those guys way back when, when they set it up for the rich to manipulate the U.S. economy and the world economy and rip off the world through the U.S. dollar. So that is the position of the rich dead company. If you don't like that, tough luck. But anyway, welcome to the program, Josh and Lisa. We are talking about 2016 and how you're getting richer by being generous people. How long have you guys been married? <laughs> been together for 20 years, married for 15. And as Lisa being a police officer, she used to be a police officer, she says that's kind of like a life sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> so, so, Lisa, what, what exactly is a social capitalist or social entrepreneur? So a social entrepreneur or social capitalist is someone who finds a problem, a social problem in the world, and solves it and can make money as well. So you're doing two things. You're solving, you're doing good in the world and making money. And with Robert's prediction of, you know, economic crash, there's a ton of social problems out there. And they're going that to get worse solved. in a crash. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's going to get worse because when things crash, you know, people tighten up at all parts of their body and they stop giving. <laughs> and then a lot of these charities hurt, right? It is. And I like what you're saying, Kim, about uh, solving problems. Entrepreneurs solve problems. When I was young and, and broke, essentially I was poor, I, all I did was create problems. <laughs> really, <laughs> right, I created right. problems for my family, <laughs> right. for, for the uh, – the government, you know, running from the police, all that stuff. But now as an entrepreneur, I solve problems. So well, it's about being generous. In your first business, you solved quite a big problem. What, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, our first business Lisa and I created was Journey Healing Centers, which was an inpatient drug and alcohol treatment program. Prior to that, I was in the nightclub industry. So I created problems by getting a lot of people drunk. So instead, I switched to the other side, the duality. But they had fun. <laughs> it was fun, and it was Vegas, and it was wild. Well, it, it's fun I to love a those point. days. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's fun to a point, and for some, it becomes a problem. Right, yeah. right. So it became a problem for you, It Josh. became a problem. So then it's like, instead of being part of the problem, let's be part of the solution. But also, you, you, you adopted the problem yourself, right? You started drinking too much. Yeah, you know, that's the Irish-American in me. You know, it's, I, that's what I'm supposed to do as an Irishman, right? <laughs> no, it's not, it's not only that. You know, it's like Josh and I are very similar. We're quiet and we're kind of shy. Yeah. So the way we find courage to speak to the ladies is to get drunk. Absolutely, and thank goodness I was drinking when I met Lisa. Otherwise, I wouldn't have the courage to go up and say hi to her. I was loaded when I met Kim. And Lisa, you were a police officer in Vegas. I was. And uh, Josh went out on a binge one weekend, and yeah. what happened? He went out. Well, 
He went out on multiple binges over the, over the years, and through the course of this one weekend, I had decided I had enough. And I came home, and I, I gave him the ultimatum. After a 12-hour shift of work, tired, he's laying there on the couch, and I said, I'm done. You're either going to rehab today or I'm going to divorce you. And I gave him that choice, and I was going to go. With your gun on your hip. With my gun <laughs> on my hip, yeah. With her hand on her gun, too. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so you went to rehab, and then as a result, now you, you started this business journey, healing centers, and mm -hmm. you were treating drug and alcohol addiction. So you understand yeah. the problem because you were the problem. Absolutely. Right. In intimately. I understood yeah. it, and Lisa understood it from the other side of the family member watching and, and being part of the codependency of it. So we knew it on a core level. She, she enabled you to be an alcoholic. Well, she covered up for me a lot, which, you know, a good wife. In more ways than one, right? Being a police officer, they, you were afraid they're going to drag your husband in. Oh, yeah. I never knew if tonight would be the night he was coming to jail. And, you know, there was a lot of officers on the force that knew him. So he got covered pretty well at times. I'm, I'm sure some of the officers visited your bar and nightclub to uh, partake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I took care of him very well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was... I, I was in the nightclub industry. All it wasn't really a nightclub, but small in Waikiki, and it was always nice to have police officers drop in, and yeah. you know, because it kept the order inside the place as I was being shaken down by the mafia. You know what I mean? Mm. It's it's a rough business. It is it rough, is rough business. It's not all fun and games in there. I mean, for the for the customers, it is. But I remember this little nightclub in Honolulu at the Ilikai Hotel, which I was managing. Boy, I tell you, when the Samoan Mafia came in, you had to pay. Mm. You know what I mean? And, boy, if there was a police officer there, they were a little bit more well-behaved. You know, I mean, it's it's a nasty business, but it's fun, right? It's fun. So you guys built up this Journey Healing Centers. You had how many facilities? We had six facilities in two states over the course of 12 years. And in late 2013, we sold them to a large private equity-backed healthcare facility who had multiple across the U.S. And that, so that's the ultimate social entrepreneur. You, you saw the problem. You created a business out of the problem. You sold your business for a lot of money and became very wealthy in the whole process. The challenge was, though, the mission was still there. Even though, I mean, we could have retired and taken time off, we still had that passion, that desire. It's like, we got to solve more problems. There's reward for solving or doing a good job is a, a bigger job. Right, right. So we looked at that and said, okay, you know, actually the police department, the military, these guys are struggling too. You know, with the division we're seeing socially between one side of it, they're like, hey, protect us. And then the other side of it, they're the bad guys. When that guy shot that guy 16 times, I think that was a little too much, right? I mean, it was. I mean, yeah. that was a little bit of rage inside of that one. It was the speed of panic. Is what he was really, shooting at. Really, really, Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. We're talking about the difference between rich people and poor people. And one of the biggest reasons most people are poor is because they're greedy. They're not generous. And people think the rich are greedy. That's not true. Many rich people are rich because they're corrupt, just like our Federal Reserve and our Treasury and Wall Street and most of these financial planners and mortgage brokers. They're really selling bad uh, investments, securitized investments. And that's the rich dad point of view. And my point of view has always been, why don't we have financial education in schools? I mean, it's a very simple question that became my social cause is to bring financial education to everybody and not filter it through Wall Street or the school system because that, that, that oh, they're corrupt. Oh my God. All they want is money. You know, 
I think I would say seventy percent of most school teachers are only there for the money. There's thirty yeah. percent there because they really want to teach, or some some oddball ratio like that. So we're talking about being how you can get rich by being generous. And if you're struggling financially, I'm going to ask you this question right now: What are you not being generous with? You know, if you're going to be rich, you really need to be generous. Remember, Steve Jobs is a rich man because he gave the people, you know, gadgets that changed the world. And that's really what we're about. Any comments, Kim? Lisa, you're, you've now you've now looked at what's another problem we can solve. So you're actually just beginning a new business. We are. So we've been in the process of building our next rehab facility called Warrior's Heart, and it will be tailored strictly towards military, veterans, police officers, firefighters, um, first responders, first responders mm-hmm. because there's a big problem out there with PTSD and addiction to, to numb that pain. So today's Rich Dad Radio Show is for those of you who are a little needy, you know, say, how come I'm not making enough money and why are the rich so greedy? Well, that's not the Rich Dad opinion. There's a reason a person is needy or not rich is because they're not giving. And in case you missed it, the re- what Rich Dad is all about is that I saw my poor dad, you know, lose his job in 1970. And the guy never recovered, but he was the head of education, a Ph.D., and I knew something was wrong with education. And it's still wrong. We're still teaching kids nothing about money. You know, what's wrong with that? And then the only people teaching kids about money is Wall Street, the most corrupt organization in the history of the world. You know, they tell you to save money, and they're printing money. I mean, how corrupt is that? They tell you invest for the long term, and what they're doing is manipulating the stock market with printed money. You know, and the average person, what's he talking about? You know, and get us 401k. There's only one reason for a 401k. It's to collect fees from the stupid individual who actually has one because they don't know anything about what they're doing. So as you can tell, that's my social cause here. So we just bring financial education. We don't sell investments. We don't do all the other stuff that people want us to do. So it's really about being social capitalists, social entrepreneurs, but more being generous. And they can say, well, what, what, what can I be generous in? Well, you all, there's, there's no scarcity of problems, sports fans. You know, there's problems all over. And I see more and more of it. I see guys standing up, you know, Vietnam vet, man, give me some money. Well, how do you know he's a Vietnam vet? Did you check him out? Another thing that's really, really dangerous today is corrupt charities. You know, I've, I've, there's a way you can check a charity. Like if you give a dollar to the charity, how much actually goes to the client? You know, you know the World Wildlife Fund, when old, when old Cecil got shot in Tanzania, wherever he, where Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, where Kim and I were at, the World Wildlife Fund, they only give one dollar out of a dollar to Africa. And those guys, a dollar out of a dollar. I mean, I mean, uh, one dollar out of a hundred dollar donation. You know, one percent is all they give. The rest is sucked up in salaries you know, and, that, and benefits. And that's a really good point because if you're giving money to a charity or an organization, that would be the first question you should ask: yes. is how much of my donation actually goes to the cause, and how much goes to salaries, salaries and overhead and benefits? Yeah, and it's a really good vacations point. and you know all this stuff. I mean, there's look at FIFA. You know, the, the soccer guys, man, they were polished. They were stuffing cash in their pocket. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a the charity, one charity that that I support, Boys and Girls Club of, of Greater Scottsdale, and it's like ninety five. Five percent of your donation goes to help those kids, whereby other organizations maybe, like you're saying, Robert, one percent. So the, anybody can get that information, but that's a really good point. And the reason I know that is because my organization that I, I donate to is called Panthera. They're out there because they actually do protect cats, you know, lions and tigers and all that stuff. And their ratio is pretty high. They, they only keep about ten percent for their overhead because they're a small organization. So that's the kind of stuff you've got to look at, including your church. You know, are you going to a rich church or a poor church? 
If it's a poor church, it's mismanaged. There, there's a reason they're poor. So that's kind of the rich dad point of view. And I know for some of you, oh, you're being so hard on me. Well, that's the rich dad show. You know, I mean, we're here not to say, you know, you're poor and you're pathetic and, you know, God should bless you. I mean, that's not the way life works here on earth. Do you know what I mean? This is not the way it works. So with the people we're talking to are Josh and Lisa Lannon. They're social capitalists. Their book is The Social Capitalist. It's and how you can get rich. are rich dad advisors. Rich dad advisors. And it's how you in your heart have already seen a problem that you want to solve. So it's not for me to tell you what problem to solve. You've already seen the problem. The problem is you're not doing anything about it. And that's why you're struggling. So today it's about how you get rich by being generous. Any comments, Kim? We were talking at the end of the first segment. And uh, Josh and Lisa, you were talking about your new business called Warrior's Heart. And I think it's interesting because at the break you were saying that you haven't even opened your doors yet, but you're getting people coming after you wanting PR, TV interviews, magazine interviews, Absolutely. because you're really solving a problem that nobody else privately has taken on, correct? Correct. I mean, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. 22 a, a day. day. And a lot of people don't even know that. And those that do are like, that is terrible. So, yeah, it is. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And then the other is one police officer every 17 hours commits suicide. So we looked at this like we know how to address the self-medication part of it, the addiction to alcoholism, prescription drug abuse. So we can build a program where warriors can come and heal with dignity and respect. Well, And we understand that warrior mindset. Yes. And that's the big difference is because you know, I was a Marine for six years and academy for four years. But it's a different mindset. You know, when I came back from Vietnam, I was disgusted with the employee mindset. Yeah. You know, I'm out there serving, you know, out of a mission, a mission driven as a Marine. And I come back and I find out people are just screwing around and cheating and stealing. And it's really disappointing to come back to the real world as a warrior. And Lisa was a police officer. And you saw the worst of our society, right, in Las Vegas? I did, yeah. I saw everything, you know. Societal breakdown, individual breakdown, family breakdown. You know, there's a lot of problems out there to be solved, and we're just taking a small portion of it from our warrior's point of view. I yes. think it's even interesting. You even had the government calling you, right? Yeah. At one point, because they want, may want to partner up with you. I <laughs> and, mean, and, and we, we need to disclose that, that Kim and I are investors in Warrior's Heart, so we are part of the ownership of it. But that's how we also invest. We don't invest in Wall Street. We invest in entrepreneurs who are doing good work for the community. Right? And that's what a social capitalist is, is we're solving problems and we're making money. Why can't we do both? You know, why not? Well, I was just in uh, Singapore, and their leader was this guy, Lee Kuan Yew, and he says, we run a government for a very strange word, profit. He says, most governments <laughs> operate to lose money. He says a government should operate to be profitable. Now, you wonder why Singapore is doing so well is because they operate for profit. And so should a social entrepreneurial project, right? You have to operate so for profit. So should a charity as well. Right. And that's the financial education. We're saying when the charity is you should look at it from a financial educational point of view and go, how much of my money actually goes to the cause? Right. And that's why most of it is sucked up for employees' yeah. benefits. And that makes me nauseous well, and, and, and travel it, and Isn't it hotels. interesting is when you when you talk about a charity, their, their whole focus is raising money, raising money, raising money, yet they're all, almost like they're not supposed to be rich. It's, right. it's this... Very strange stigma. It's a socialist mindset. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, and that's why we chose to be for-profit. You know, most people think, oh, addiction and you're going to help veterans. It should be non-profit. But being for-profit, we have the choice of what we do with the funds. Right. And we're not becoming a fundraising company. Correct. Because non-profits, 
Well, they're really not nonprofit. That. Also, I mean that's that's the biggest misnomer there is. You understand tax law? Nonprofit very simply means tax exempt. That's mm-hmm. all it means. But they're sucking cash like crazy. I mean, there's that's why you've got to check the ratio of how much money is sucked internally versus how much is going into the community. And most of these nonprofits, they're sucking cash internally. They're just burning for them, make themselves wealthier or give them job security. Well, and a good industry standard, a good nonprofit, 30% or less goes to administration. If 70% or more is going to the actual cause, industry standard says that's a good nonprofit. Okay, so, you know, what's interesting, we're talking about, you know, 2016 and what's happening, what's coming up and all of this. Um, I, I, te- I always hear the millennials, they're very uh, meaning-based. They mm-hmm. want to do things that have meaning. They want to make well, a so difference. Does ISIS. <laughs> okay, so uh, as we're talking to people and maybe they're saying, oh, I really like what Josh and Lisa are doing. And, yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to, you know, take on a problem. What would you, Lisa, what would you say to somebody who's starting to think that way? What do they, where, what should they do? Where do they start? Well, I think first they got to start with themselves. What's What's important to them? What What are they passionate about? What is their purpose? And well, what the, problem do they want to solve? You know, that, that is such a great, what am I passionate about? Hey, screw your passion. What problem do you want to solve? <laughs> you know, that's, that's what it comes down to. You know, when you look at problems, it's really disgusting. It's really, really, really disgusting. It's all, oh, what's, what's in it for me? You know, I mean, that's greedy. What do you want to solve? What problem out there needs to be solved? How can I be a solution, not the problem? So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. You can listen to this program on your time and your schedule, Rich Dad Radio app. It's available at the App Store. And also, we, all of these programs are archived at richdadradio.com. And the reason we archive them is so you can listen to it again, especially if you want to figure out how you can find problems. It's no scarcity of problems. And also what you can do. And if you have friends who are interested in you know, finding, putting some meaning into their life rather than just collecting up Frickin' paycheck. I mean, how greedy is that? So we're talking about social capitalism with Josh and Lisa Lennon, their book, the author of Rich Dad Advisor book, The Social Capitalist. And once again, we're looking to 2016. If I'm correct, and it's already happening, the economy is collapsing all over the world. That means charities earn less money. That's really what it means because people stop cutting it back. Now, on the good side of it, guys like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, they're billionaires and they're donating more money. So the rich are donating more money, but I'm worried about the people who think the rich are greedy because the people who are the greediest are poor people because they're not giving. They just want a paycheck and what's in it for me and I want to find my passion. You know, I mean, look at what is going on in the world. Open your eyes, smell the coffee and go solve some problems. You might be better <laughs> off with that. And, and let me add that, you know, when Josh and Lisa, when you started your um, journey, journey healing centers, it's a business. I mean, mm-hmm. you're solving problems, but it's a business. And you did a lot of prep and a lot of education before you got started. You took business classes. You took, you, you did a lot of, you read a lot of Rich Dad as well. It, our uh, business education was Rich Dad. I mean, yeah. we dove See, into the, the Rich Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying a lot of people might think, oh, I, have, I want to solve this problem. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in. Well, you better have a little bit of business knowledge and you better understand and, and do, some, do some homework. And Absolutely. It, the le- it the learning never stops. No. Uh, and the no, problem no. with going to school, you don't get business skills. No. That's the problem with going to school. Now, Josh and Lisa, to be fair to everybody else there, Josh has been an entrepreneur since a kid operating a bar and nightclub, <laughs> which was the problem. But he's already had the basic skills. 
You know, you didn't go to college, did you? I did not. No, I actually dropped out of high school. Oh, good. Yeah, it was too slow, too boring for me. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. At least as the A student, right? It's, oh, of course. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good combination. Well, but, to believe, be a police officer, you got to go. You got to go to school. Yeah. No, no oh, you don't. No, you, have okay. to have a, you go through the academy. That's oh, okay. But you have a college you degree a before that. Degree. I yeah. do. I do have a college degree. Yeah. So the whole point here is this: I, Rich Dad, have taken on the corruption of education and the corruption of Wall Street and financial education. I mean, it's not an easy task. It's not popular. I mean, I get yelled at, screamed at, thrown off TV shows all the time, because most people have bought the BS that Wall Street hands out: save money, get a job, get out of debt, invest for the long term in a well-diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. And if you listen to some of our programs, you know, Kim and I were looked at somebody wants to start a rich dad ETF, and we said, where's the cash flow? And they said, oh, you'll suck a lot of fees out of those yeah, customers. Geez. Okay, and that's a great point because there's a difference between a social entrepreneur and a um, maybe a greedy entrepreneur. He and was absolutely. in it He was in it for the money only. He mm-hmm. wasn't in it to solve a problem. Yeah. He was in it for what's in it for me and mm-hmm. how we're going to make a lot of money. Today we're talking about being generous or greedy. And the position of the rich dad company is that most poor people are greedy. That's why they're poor. And what I mean by that, they're not bad people. They've just not been taught how to give. They've not been taught to be entrepreneurs. So being an entrepreneur means you can go out there and solve problems out there. Too many people today are dependent upon the government to solve our problems, and that is the problem because most government uh, people are incompetent. You know, I mean, look at how bad the economy is managed today. You had this guy Greenspan and uh, what's this, Bernanke, functionally incompetent individuals controlling the most powerful bank in the world, the Fed, which is controlled by Wall Street, which is controlled by the U.S. Treasury. So what happens today, we have this economy that's about to crash, when I predicted in my book, Rich Dad's Prophecy, in 2016, and here we are on the eve of 2016. And poverty is rising all over the world simply because we have incompetence in our government officials called a kleptocracy. A kleptocracy is when the people you want you, you think you are on your side are really ripping you off. So that's why we had Josh and Lisa Lannon. They've, sta- they've, they've agreed to stay, stay behind and support this part of the cause, and they're the author of Social Capitalists. But right now we've brought in Kathy Grady, who runs the Rich Dad charity per se, and we have, like, like I said earlier, we have called the Capitalist Pig. There's this giant piggy bank that every employee is encouraged to donate to. It's a it's been a work in progress, you know. Sometimes they donate and sometimes they don't, you know, as Kathy yes. knows. Yes. And every time we have a guest come in, like, we flush some cash out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. You to be careful when you walk through that door. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we do practice what we preach at Rich Dad. You know, Kim and I donate hundreds of thousands of dollars every year to charities that we support and all this. But you've got to be very careful on the charity because most of them are really self-fulfilling cash drinks. So with that, Kathy is going to talk about and introduce the, the person she she supports with, through the Rich Dad Piggy Bank. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Um, through the Rich Dad Piggy Bank, uh, we um, have uh, chosen over the years a couple different charities. And um, traditionally, I, also, I work with the um, food bank uh, that is located nearby. And I am given uh, a couple families to adopt, per se. And we provide food for them and um, some much-needed um, gifts uh, for their Christmas. Like blankets and stuff. Correct, correct. And I've noticed quite a change over the years. It used to be more 
some wants and some toys and things like that. But now it's come to with things that they basics. Basics. It's um, um, you know blankets. It's warm jackets. And yes, we do have winter here, and it's just some basic needs. So, would you introduce your guest, uh, Stacy? Because I've not met Stacy, and she's with Chick Time. And what do they do? And, and, and so, every year we we every year we donate to a charity or a group of charities. Correct. Right? So this year you chose this one specifically, which is Stacy. Stacy. Stacy is with Chick Time, and they're. Um, uh, what problem is is Chick Time solving? That's what we want to know. Stacy, are you on? I am. So Chick Time partners with local charities, and our. Arizona chapter partners with Child Crisis Arizona. And so what we do is we bring monthly group events into the children um, using our volunteers as monthly leaders, just having each of them bring whatever gifts that they have, talent, skills that they have to bring into the children to hold those monthly events. Um, How do you come across these children? These are children that uh, Child Crisis Arizona is their short-term home. So these are children that are brought in either from child protective services or it could be a needy parent maybe homelessness is the issue and a child needs a safe place to stay um but the the top five reasons are neglect disruption in foster care homelessness domestic violence or physical abuse how big is that problem oh it's a very large problem we there were um 21,676 nights that were spent at the shelter so this is your shelter Yes, and this is this is Arizona shelter. And then where do they go from the where do they go from the uh, crisis center? Uh, where they they may be uh, reunited with a parent. They could be then placed into foster care, um, adoption. Um, unfortunately, some of them have stayed for as long as a year there. Okay. I mean, nobody wants a child. Right. They're not a, a family member hasn't stepped up, or they haven't found. You know, there's a long wait for foster foster parents. Are your are your are your beds full? <laughs> are your beds yeah. full? Yeah, I've I've been there for the past four years, and yeah, I'm not seeing a reduction in in beds being open. So we have Lisa Lannon here. She's a police officer in Las Vegas. You know, and you know, Lisa, when people think of police, they always think about bank robberies and violence and all that. But how much of your time was spent working with parents and kids and you know domestic issues, just abuse? Ninety-five percent of a police officer's calls are usually domestic violence, whether it's just the the husband and spouse, but there's usually kids involved. And most of the time, at least one of the parents has to go to jail and the other, you know, has to leave the house. The kids will go to temporary housing, CPS services or whatever for the night. So when the economists go to bed, do you notice a difference in abuse, shall we say yeah, when the economy goes bad and the, the parents don't have work or they're working multiple jobs, the kids are left to fend for themselves, and there's no one re- bringing them up, and that social decline of the family unit declines as well. So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking to Josh and Lisa Lana, Rich Dad Advisors, author of The Social Capitalist. The website is Warrior's Heart, and also Stacy Breckenridge. She's Chick Time, and she works with the breakdown of family and domestic abuse and you know, a lot of financial financial breakdown. So so Stacy, what do you need to solve the problem? What are, what what resources are needed to solve this huge problem? We need businesses to come forward to help with with needs and their everyday needs throughout the year. We need volunteers to show up for our monthly events. Um, what specific so needs? What specific, specific like what needs, 
Well, I, you know, I'll give you, can I give you a few examples of Please. some of the local businesses that have helped? Please. Um, Changing Hands Bookstore in Tempe. You know, they, Great they bookstore, by the way. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. are. You know, they donate books to the shelter for the summer reading program. Um, Whole Foods donated pumpkins for the Halloween party. Um, you've got companies like Macy's that comes through. Even Blue Moon Hair Design, who came in and did all the back-to-school haircuts for the children that are there, and companies that come in and bring backpacks and school supplies. Those are things that we need all year long. Even a local junior high, Poston Junior High, did a dodgeball tournament and sold tickets to raise money for the shelter for some of their daily needs. Those are really good examples because if I'm here, if I have a small business and I'm going, how can I contribute? You can just contribute what you do every day in your business. To, exactly. to your organization. And time time is a very valuable yeah. contribution to you, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Uh, Quicken Loans is really good about coming in. They'll come in and, and just clean the playground for us there or move furniture when offices had to be moved, things that would take the staff a really long time to accomplish. So, Kathy, what else? Yeah, well, I also wanted to mention that, you know, these kids want to be just like everybody else, like every other kid in school. And I think uh, many times they're, they're a social outcast because they don't have clean clothes and, and they don't have a, a bed to sleep in at night. Uh, they've been probably slept on the street. So they want to be just like your kids. They want the backpack and some food, some basics. Well, Stacy, I really want to commend you for your dedication and what you do for society. Kathy, you know, thanks for finding them and mm-hmm. thanks for we keep flushing cash with our employees and our guests and all this. Yes, we do. Our, through our piggy bank. Mm-hmm. And because the more we give, the more we receive. See. You know, I didn't do well in Sunday school, but I do know to give. I mean, to receive, you have to give. So thank you for th- what you do, Stacy. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy, and, and keep and, up the good work. And your website is chicktime.com, C-H-I-C-K-T-I-M-E.com. A true rich person is generous. Just think of, you know, Bill Gates and... Steve Jobs, they were very generous. They made a lot of money by being generous. And I've met many poor people who are just greedy, greedy, greedy. You know, we had a show, we're talking about what to do for 2016, and Shane Conigley, our president, you know, was one of our guests, and he says one of the things that turns them off is that a new potential hire as an employee comes in. All they want to know, what's in it for me? How much much time off do I get? What are my benefits? You know, and those are greedy, greedy people. They don't think they're being greedy, but they are greedy. So there's another way you can get rich is by being corrupt. And many of our political leaders, as you know today, are very, very corrupt. I mean, extremely corrupt. And that's that's Wall Street, that's the Federal Reserve Bank, and our politicians. So that's what the program is about. So we have social capitalists, you know, Josh and Lisa Lannon. Their warrior's heart is they're working with people who are first responders, like police officers, firefighters and others like that, and military officers who are having problems with addiction and depression and all that. So the purpose of this program today was to ask you, what problem do you want to solve? We're not here to tell you what problem to solve. You want to look for a problem? There's plenty of them. Every time I drive down the street, I see these guys, you know, Vietnam vet, man, I need need some, you know. How do you solve that problem? And it's going to get worse as the economy worsens. And so many people said, well, why don't the government solve it? Well, that's the problem. The government's corrupt. You know, I mean, they're the biggest bureaucrats, people that are sucking cash, benefits, and, you know, pension plans out of the economy. I mean, most of them are good people, but they can't solve the problem. So that's why we have this issue on social capitalism. How do we get rich by being 
generous. Any comments, Kim? So it actually brings up a really good point because as the gentleman we met with the other day who wanted us to have Rich Dad ETFs and we're like, well, what's what's the problem you're solving? He goes, well, well, we're, we're going to make a lot of money. And we're like, well, we need our investors to make, our customers to make cash flow. Oh, well, there's lots of cash flow. We charge fees. We charge commissions. We charge, And all the cash flow was on that side. I mean, it was crystal clear his whole mission was to make money. As there was no social know, clause involved. As most of know with this banking crisis today, it was pure greed. You know, this guy John Mack of Morgan Stanley and all that, he had his wife and her girlfriend bailed out for $200 million. He bailed out. He had the Fed bail out his own wife and her girlfriend. I mean, and he bailed out Morgan Stanley because Morgan Stanley was in trouble. So if you understand what Rich Dad stands for, we're really into financial education so you don't get sucked into these bad to being corrupt. But the other part of it is, too, about being generous. You can make more money by being generous because ultimately that's the way you truly get rich without being corrupt. And I don't, I'm not saying this is why we do it, but I do know that whenever we donate money, even if it's, you know, $1,000, some mysteriously, some money, 10 times that always seems to come back. Yeah, when I, I mean, we give a lot of money and out of the blue, we're not expecting, but out of the blue, money starts to show up. So, so I really do think if you give, it does come back to you. So, you know, Kim and I, when we had nothing, we had the three piggy bank, you know, process of financial uh, management. We had what one for savings, one for investing, and one for tithing. So we took 30% right off the top. So we made 1000 bucks. 10% went to savings, 10% went to investing, and 10% went to tithing. And last year alone, we've, tith- we've tithed over $500,000. And we started with nothing. And so as part of our company, our culture, we have the piggy bank, and we encourage people to tithe. And really, that's tough. You know, a lot of people, well, I don't have enough money. Well, the reason you don't have money is because you're too tight. You've it, really got to give. And you the know? key was we put that 10%, 10%, 10%, that 30% in those piggy banks when we pretty much had very, when we had very, very little. And we put that first, and then we paid our bills, and then we took care of our expenses. So if we're tithing you know, near $700,000, it's got so much we're making. Every year it goes up. And that's what Kim says, the magic keeps coming in. Because, again, I didn't do well in Sunday school, but I did learn the power of tithing, giving 10%. Tithe means 10 and so all the people, they will give money when I have money. The reason you don't have money is because you're not giving money. You know, the, the rule of thumb is you give what you want. So you want a punch in the mouth, you just throw a punch. Somebody will throw it back at you, right? <laughs> Guaranteed. Oh, right. You want to smile, somebody will smile back at you really quickly. And, and so that is spirit in action. So all you poor people out there, give more. Give more of what you want. You want money? Start by giving a dime. It may be a religious experience for you. So you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at the richdadradio.com. So we went out of the question period of this. And let's say one more thing is how I got into education was because that's how I could give. I started volunteering to exactly as Stacy Breckenridge of Chick Time talked about. She needs volunteers. So one way we give also is we tithe our time as well as our money. So I used to practice teaching all the time, and pretty soon people started asking me to teach, and it grew into a business, right? You know what I mean? And for Josh and Lisa, it was handling alcoholism, and once you understood that, you could then grow it into a business. Is that correct, Josh? Yeah, and we ran a 24-hour call center that was free. We provided information for free, and that's how the business was built. Yeah, and that's how you get rich is by being generous. 
So what's the first question there, Melissa? Our first question today comes from Emma in Los Angeles, California. Favorite book, Midas Touch. She says, today's startups and entrepreneurs seem to always promote their cause or mission as much as their business. Is this just a trendy thing to do, or is it smart business? It's both. It's a trend as well as smart business. But you've got to be very, very careful. I mean, how sincere is that gift? Like I said, you know, most charities are not efficient. If you give them a $100, how much of that 100 actually goes to doing the job? And like the government, most is getting sucked up into administration, salaries, and benefits for the workers. So, like I said, you know, Kim and I support wildlife, but when we were in Africa, when Cecil got shot, the, the lion, you know, it was a tragedy. You know, my friends out there with a charity I support, which is uh, Panthera, they actually do support lions and tigers and leopards and stuff like this. They said very little of World wildlife, world wildlife Funds actually get to Africa. Most of it's sucked up in internal trips and salaries and benefits. So you've really got to be careful by being a business person and doing an analysis of the charity or company who's promoting that the fact that they're uh, some kind of generous organization. Is there a way you can check on that? Yeah, nonprofits have to file a form every year and um, show their audited financials. So there's a way to check how much is going towards the actual cause. Right, and that was at Tom's Shoes. You know, they built a whole business by giving shoes, and they mm-hmm. sold shoes. And that was part of their mission. I mean, right. the, that was part of their mission because sometimes, like you, sometimes you can just smell it. I mean, sometimes if yep. somebody's, you know, touting how much they're um, donating oh. this and donating that, and that's all they're talking about, then obviously that's most likely a PR ploy. If you, if you watch American Greed, you know the story about all these con men. <sighs> they all donate money oh. to their schools. You know, I, I went to uh, ABC College, and I donated $5 million so I get my name on the school, and then they find out the guy was a Ponzi scheme that they take his name off of it, you know. <laughs> and so there's crooks in every aspect of life. Yeah, and most businesses, I mean, if they are contributing money, they don't say much about it. And sometimes it can be a PR move in, in a good way, but a lot of times it, I guess it comes down to what's the intention behind it. Is the intention just to get PR or is the intention to really donate to do good? And I, I'm not saying it's easy for us, for Kim and I, to give hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was hard to give a dollar when we had nothing. And even today, as our numbers increase, that means we have to keep giving more. You know, the definition of tithe is 10% of what we earn. And when we're giving in the hundreds of thousands, it doesn't get any easier. So that's the thing, but the rewards are fantastic. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Jack in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He says, what role does being charitable play in the success of one's business? Isn't it enough to just give on my own, or do I have to incorporate this into my business and with my employees? That's a fantastic question because uh, we at Rich Dad, that's why we have the uh, capitalist pig, this huge piggy bank, is that we encourage our employees to be generous with money. And I tell you, it's not easy. You know, I mean, we, we got into a lot of trouble by saying, well, you're forcing us to give money. I said, look, we're teaching you what we stand for here in this company. So if we didn't have the piggy bank there, then we would be insincere in our business. But also, as Kim says, with the ETF, we didn't do it simply because they only wanted to fleece the poor investor in the ETF. I, you got to be careful. So we give away from the company, if you know what I mean. You know, that'd be like me giving Kim a tithe of a new watch. Yeah, I tithe. (laughs) So look, money is a psychotic subject here. So be careful. Let the buyer beware. Be sincere. And I'm not saying it's easy. 
Is it easy all the time? It's not easy. And with the business, it's if you're doing it just to have your business look good, it's not genuine. No. You know, have it become genuine. Have it be real and part of your culture. Then it makes sense. It was part of your culture, yes? Yeah, it still is. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you encourage your, your employees to tithe? We did. It didn't always work. No. Um, but we did encourage them. So well, some of the tightest people I've ever met, you know. Jesus is tough. In a couple of years, we we encouraged them to come up with a charity to to give to that year. So we made it. It doesn't help. Included, included them. It included them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Talk is cheap, man. Talk I, is really cheap. I, I yeah. think one thing that is funny in this question of Jax is, isn't it enough to just give on my own? <laughs> it's like, this is yeah. hard. And isn't that enough? I'm not doing enough. I mean, yeah, if you're hey, giving, Jack, you're I, giving. And, and I congratulate you for giving. Jack, maybe I feel you need for to stretch you, a little bit. I feel for you. <laughs> stretch. I feel for you. Look, you've got a choice. You can be generous. You can be corrupt. Or you can be cheap. You've got your choices in life. <laughs> but anyway, that, you know what Kim and I give a lot of money to is in we give a lot of money to uh, Hispanic children to learn how to read and write English. So they can survive in the economy here. And that's what we give to because, you know, if you can't read and write, it's a tough world. Very, very tough world. So we bring supplemental education where a lot of times the parents do not speak English or read and write at home. And that's really our cause. It's called, you know, just basic academic literacy. So that to me means a lot because I was blessed to have a father and mother who were, you know, diligent about making sure I read and wrote and all that stuff, even though I hated it. And I, I kick like a mule every time they wanted me to read a book, you know, but today I read voraciously. If you don't read, you're falling far behind today. So that's why Kim and I donate to that charity a lot of money for the, you know, the children of immigrants. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Jeff in California, favorite book, Rich Dad Guide to Investing. He says, of all the investing advice you receive from your rich dad, what would be the one piece that you would give to someone just starting out on his investment journey today? That's a great question, you know. I don't, the reason I don't invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs is I don't trust corporate guys. You know, they're employees. They're CEOs, CFOs, CIOs, and all that crap. But they're employees. They're not entrepreneurs. And I don't trust them. You know, they're in there. For, you know, they, like Cisco Systems, what they did was they kept jacking the, the stock price up to suck investors in, and then they sucked it out. You know, they got they got Cisco in debt to buy back their stock, so that the employee, so the executives could suck it out through, mm. you know, stock options. So I don't trust them. Do you trust them, Josh? I don't. Unfortunately, we saw firsthand what corporate guys did to our company when yeah. we sold. When you sold it, and it was rough. I mean, they took what the, the spirit they was rip ripped out. ripped out. Yeah. The values was the first thing that was taken out. The, the values, like what you stood for? Our core values. Wow. It was like, that's gone. Wow. The communication, it just, yeah, it hurts. So the lesson that I learned from my rich dad, invest in what you love, but watch your money carefully. So I love real estate. So Kim and I, and, you know, Kenny especially, we invest in what's called workforce housing. Not low-income housing, but workforce housing. Because I love real estate and I think everybody should have a decent place to live, an affordable place to live. So that's near and dear to my heart. But I don't invest in real estate ETFs called REITs and all this stuff because I don't trust corporate guys. Any comments on that, Lisa? 
Yeah, I agree. You know, invest in what you love and, and do the due diligence and be knowledgeable about what you're investing in so you know the ins and outs of it. And, and what we're talking about is the difference between being an active investor where you're actively engaged, you're actively in charge of this investment versus a passive investor who just blindly turns their money over and hopes and prays it's going to go up. Right. So one of the things I learned from your rich dad is whatever you're going to be investing in, be an active, hands-on investor in it. And love what you do and the people you work with. I don't trust most corporate guys, and that has never changed for me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.